Hello, I'm Will Yeoman, and welcome to another episode of the pod, Well Travelled. Finally, we achieve gender equity. We've got two females and two, two males in the studio today. That's if you subscribe to the traditional idea of gender, of course. Um, so it's my pleasure to welcome Penny Thomas and Olga de Merla um, to the show, as well as our regular Moans Johansson. Everyone, welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Will. Thank you, Will. Okay, so we've got a lot to cover today. We're talking to Penny about her recent trip to Kangaroo Island. We're talking to Olga about her epic Sydney to Canberra drive. And we're talking to Moans about, uh, well, uh, an Antarctic flyover. So is that what, that what you call it? Just, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, the longest road trip ever. Nice one. Okay, <laughs> we'll, get back, tri- that, we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that soon. <laughs> um, ladies first. So, uh, Penny, let's talk a little bit about your trip to Kangaroo Island. Yes. Well, I flew in back um, from Adelaide last night, so it's very fresh in my memory. Um, on Friday, I flew over to Adelaide. Then the next day, got uh, the ferry from... Cape Jarvis over to Penshaw and then I was on my merry way to check out uh, these new wonder pods which are located on the north sort of side of Kangaroo Island and they overlook Snelling Beach which is a beautiful beach um, with nice white sand but it's also got these beautiful hills around it as well so the landscape's really wonderful but yeah the wonder pods are brand new they only sort of launch well they're launching today December first is that the date tomorrow (laughs) and um so this is the second project for wonder in australia they've got um other pods that are in the scenic rim on the east coast so it's very exciting that they've been able to expand especially given the last sort of two-year period with you know everything that's been going on in the world um but yeah most of them are a one-bedroom pod there's one pod that's two-bedroom and they're really luxurious um I think there's a lot of cabins and tiny homes and and those types of things popping up these days um, all over Australia. But these ones, they just feel really refined and really nice. And I can give you some examples of the stuff that you can expect. It's sort of like bamboka towels and cultivar sort of linens and stuff, which is just, I used to work at a furniture store. So I I look at these brands and I'm like, oh, wow, how can you afford to have these in 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 a really nice thing like this? So everything was just done to a different degree that I hadn't really seen in, in that type of, um, what is it, semi-permanent accommodation style. Um, super comfortable as well. There was aircon, but there's also fireplaces. So they've they've really nailed it. And the beds were just phenomenal. They were king size. They had the best pillows. And I wish I could stay there forever and, and ever. Um, <laughs> it, it, the, the way you're describing it, it sounds like you, you just probably wanted to spend your whole time in bed rather than actually go out and explore. But I'm sure you did go outside. Of course, point. of course. As much as I wanted to just absorb the, the pods, I did go outside and, and, and really explore Kangaroo Island, which was a, somewhere I've never been before. And I didn't quite know what to expect before I went. Of course, it's it's been through a real sort of... Um, difficult and, and challenging couple of years given the, the 2019 fires that occurred and then COVID as well. So it's, it's really, I, I didn't know what to expect if it was going to bustling, be bustling or not, but I was blown away and really surprised. And I think for me, what how I would describe it is it, it just captures parts of Australia in one island and you get a lot of what you would think is quintessentially Australia if you were an international tourist because there's these long open sort of red roads and then there's all this sort of greenery and and bushland that is also around you and then you've got amazing beaches, incredible wineries and then you've got gin distilleries and you've got um, wildlife tours going on and even though it's a it's quite a popular tourist destination, you can go miles without seeing anyone, you know. So it's, it's, it's this different type of – it's just a – it's just a beautiful place to visit, especially if you want to get that real sort of Australian touristy experience, I, I found. 
But have mm. any of you been? Well, yeah, I've been uh, a few years ago before the before the fires. Uh, yeah, and I was similarly impressed with it. You know, it's a really diverse uh, offering. You know that that is there. You know, for anything from you know, like you say, you're driving from you know through bushlands, uh, farmlands, uh, sort of open roads, mm. dirt roads, sealed mm. roads. It's uh, yeah, really picturesque place. Yeah, and all the rocks and stuff on on the cliffs. It's it's really remarkable how. They sort of vary as well, so yeah, it's 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 an incredible place if 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 anyone is thinking about visiting because it's actually not that far as well if you think about WA. It's a less than a two-hour flight to Adelaide, and then I mean the ferry takes around forty-five minutes, but you can also fly from Adelaide to Kangaroo Island. There are limited flights; they only go a couple of days mm. of the week, but they're around twenty minutes as well. So okay. it's quite achievable. The only thing I would say is that it's not a quick getaway spot. I wouldn't go let's go for a weekend you'd have to spend a minimum of four days just because the island is so big mm. and there is so much to see and you really want to have a car as well so you can sort of drive between but the, the drives are quite long um so you have to be you wouldn't get to see the true side of kangaroo island if you only spent two days there you mm. really want to spend at least four or if you can i would spend a month <laughs> or a couple of weeks but it sounds I, I, to me like if, if you're an international visitor for example and you want to go somewhere as you say which is quintessentially australian all in one place mm-hmm. it, if you want to talk about efficiency it makes sense to spend a week or so just in yeah, kangaroo island exactly and just the name itself would get international tourists of you course. know kangaroo islands and then, <laughs> yeah. and then you've got um you've got koalas you've got glossy black cockatoos which are also exciting and there's there's lots to see and especially if you do the right tours and there there are amazing tours that mm. um we did that I'll, I'll definitely be writing about as well that just take you to these places that you didn't really know exist and and as much as people thought the whole island was wiped out by the fire it wasn't and it also was coming back as well but the the resilience of the people and the wildlife it's amazing to sort of see those those correlations there was one lady that sort of spoke to us and said there was these eagles trying to find like their new home and stuff and she was like it's a lot like the people of kangaroo island they're also looking for their new homes and and really trying to like make sure they don't have to move away and they can stay Mm. there and they've got a really tight-knit community which is which is beautiful as well and um if i do have to say anything it's the food is there is amazing i ate um at two spectacular venues which are run by gastronomo dining um and this actually is bizarre because the person that runs that his name's nick and he also runs it with his business partner ben but nick is a relation of uh sir holden and lady holden so from motoring aspect he had all these amazing sort of um old holden memorabilia around Mm. the sensorium restaurant which was beautiful and then on the same property which is his family's property there's this big fig tree and they've created this enchanted fig restaurant that sits about 50 people within this amazing canopy of, of it's just it was like a, a fairyland or a pixie land in there and it, the food was amazing it was all focused on kangaroo island produce and i couldn't recommend that not enough wow sounds absolutely incredible mm. um olga you you hadn't been before to Kangaroo yes. Island? No, not no, at all. No, right. no Okay, well, there's probably not much you or I can contribute to that. No, um, no. However, Moans, as uh, you've been, and uh, maybe it's a good segue too to talk about your recent trip, which is a little bit further afield. Just a little bit further afield, but yeah. It, it only took a day. You did <laughs> yeah, the whole thing in yeah, a day. That's talking right. about efficiency. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I travelled uh, on one of these Antarctic uh, day trips uh, with and we we covered uh, you know nearly 11,000 kilometers uh, 
in 13 hours. So uh, it's a pretty amazing trip. I was was perhaps a a little bit sceptical of how good it was going to be, but I was pleasantly surprised. You know, we... um, uh, it, it's ju- it's just such an easy process. I mean, this uh, Antarctica uh, uh, flights they charter a Qantas Dreamliner mm-hmm. and crew, of course. And uh, you know, anyone who's travelled on one of them knows how comfortable they are. You know, they're generally really well set out. They're the type of aircraft they use on the Perth to London route, for example. So so that you're well uh, well set up and well looked after when you travel in one of them. And the beauty of them is that. You know, from a viewing point of view on a scenic flight like this, the windows are quite big compared to many other aircraft. So, so there's actually really, even if you're sitting next to someone, you know, you get a really good view of, you know, what's what's below you. So, uh, so it's a perfect aircraft for for this kind of uh, day trip, if I can put it that way. Um, and uh, the whole process is just so easy because it's a charter flight. You know, you arrive at the airport. Uh, you know, you've, I, you know, a few days before I'd got an information pack from uh, Antarctica flights uh, that includes a lanyard and various other sort of information pamphlets. You just bring that to the uh, uh, gate. Uh, they check your, you know, driver's license, and you get a boarding pass. Well, you get two, in fact. You get one, effectively, to Antarctica and one back because the idea is that you swap seats about halfway so everyone gets uh, an opportunity to, to sort of get the best viewing mm-hmm. uh, possible. Um, so, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a really well-run uh, uh, product. Uh, there is on board on the day, you know, they have uh, Antarctic experts uh, – on ours, we had a guy called uh, Anthony Werby and Greg Fitzgerald, and uh, you know they they've both been to uh, the Antarctic uh, 41 times between them uh, on you know various missions. Uh, Anthony is a is a scientist. Uh, Greg is originally a Qantas pilot, uh, but but he's also been involved in in research projects mm. in Antarctica. So between them, they had lots of sort of uh, personal anecdotes to tell, and uh, you know information about the stuff that we were flying over. So basically, they uh, by the time we hit the continent down there, they uh, they go up on the flight deck and and uh, describe what we're flying over. And the pilots will do, you know, sort of figure eights. So everyone gets a, an opportunity to see what's what's down below. But it's just, I mean, it is just so, so different and beautiful to, to see. Mm. Uh, and uh, we, were, we were fortunate uh, from my point of view. And anyway, I mean, I've, I've read a lot about Sir Douglas Mawson uh, and his expeditions down in the Antarctica. And we basically, as it happened on the day, followed in their footsteps along uh, the coastline. Uh, so, so it was really... Uh, it, it was it was really good on so many different levels, uh, and and I couldn't recommend it highly enough. If you get the opportunity to go on on one of these, it was a it was a good day out, a so, long one, but a good day. I mean, is it expensive? <laughs> what sort of prices are we looking at? Well, it, there's uh, they have six, six different classes effectively on board. Uh, basically, they start at about twelve hundred dollars, mm. up to you know uh, what is it about six. 7,000 for the business class wow. so, uh, seats. Um, 
But, uh, you know, everyone gets an opportunity to to view what's down below. Um, so, so it's just a matter of, I guess, what level of comfort you are prepared to pay for or, or can pay for. Uh, but, but I think, you know, there's something for everyone, even, you know, uh, the 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 cheapest fare you know i mean you're still gonna get some excellent viewing mm. and and uh, you know it's just if if you ever dreamt about seeing seeing that continent you know i guess it's a a cheap and and fun way to to experience it, to without, do it yeah. without getting out of your shorts and t-shirt well, well i was going to say <laughs> because um our, our our boss um yeah he's he's the boss man isn't he yeah. travel legend mm. stephen scarfield he's not here at the moment because he's actually in antarctica and i'm wondering whether you managed to pick out his trademark hat from no the i couldn't the sky. i couldn't quite make it out <laughs> <laughs> and i think in fact we were quite a long way away from where where they, where they uh, actually were they actually were yeah but uh, you know it's a it's a big place you know with the with the ice caps and all that sort of stuff uh, you know it's an area that covers you know it's twice the size of australia yes, so yes, you know it's a massive area and uh, i should also mention that you know when uh, when they plan these journeys uh, and and on the type of aircraft we're on, they just got they got about nineteen different routes that they can take. So, uh, you know, over an area that big, they're always going to be able to find somewhere where there's good weather, where you get good viewing. Uh, so it's sort of it is, you know, if you've been on a few of them, you know, I know mm. Jeffrey Thomas, our aviation editor, has been on a couple of them, mm. but you're you're going to see something different every time because. Uh, you you won't be going back to the same place uh, again. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it's a it's a it was a really really pleasant day out, and uh, you know they, you know, uh, everyone was just excited. There was a real buzz around the plane. You know, as we as you reach the continent, and then of course. Uh, people get up and move around and swap seats and all that sort of stuff. Everyone is very courteous, you know. If there's someone who wants to have a look at something, you know, you move out of the way and mm. uh, they have a seat for for a little bit, and then you know you swap over. So the the need for actually changing seats, you know, they didn't really need to do it because you know you kind of you had plenty of you opportunity know, anyway. That anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, and and if people did want more, then of course you can go on one of Stephen's. Well, I, I feel like they're regular tours yeah. to the Yeah, just about are, yeah. Region, yeah. you know, it, um, which is an extraordinary experience in itself, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I've really, I mean, having seen it from the air, you know, you just really want to do one of those kind of, you know, tours where you actually set foot on the continent and, and you know, see the wildlife mm. and all that sort of stuff. Because so it's almost like a taster then. This, yeah, because this that, well. that, is, that is the one thing. I mean, you, you, you won't see... At from ten thousand feet, you won't see any pe- penguins. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> so so it's it's more the the landscape mm. and the vastness of mm. it that you you just can't help but being impressed by. But, yeah, yeah, so it's definitely uh, sort of uh, it's it's bumped Antarctica up the list of for me. <laughs> you know, as a as a destination to actually go and and visit properly if Indeed. you put it that way and penny olga has either of you ever been on one of these flights or been to antarctica before no but it's really interesting i'm i'm interested is it um do they run the tours throughout the year or is it just a window of- yeah they, they run them pre- at various times uh there's usually about one out of perth every year yeah um but uh you know they fly from all the australian major cities except 
Darwin. Yeah. Um, so, and and out of Sydney and Melbourne, there may be two or three every year. Wow. So, uh, and from the destinations on the east coast, you're going to see different parts of Antarctica compared mm. to what you'd see here from Perth. Um, you know, f- for example, Jeffrey tells or tells us that. Uh, you know, you fly over the more the mountainous areas if you leave from Melbourne, for example. So it's a totally different landscape to what what we saw on the flight that I was on. You know, which is sort of more along the, the coastal plateau sort of thing. So, um, you know, uh, uh, perhaps you know, uh, if the next flight out of Perth is not until uh, uh, when was it? Uh, let me just see. It's. Uh, it's not actually until uh, January 2024, mm-hmm. but you know, as as uh, soon as uh, next month, there's flights out of both Melbourne and mm. Sydney. Okay. So, uh, you know, if if you're keen on going, you know, it certainly look at at you know maybe combining it with a with a trip to Adelaide, perhaps, or with a trip to Sydney, uh, and shoot out to Antarctica and mm. check and that as out. As you do, a little stopover or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Olga, do you want to bring us back down to Earth? Well, I'll bring you back down to Earth. And so if you're flying out of Sydney, you come back and then you can do a road trip to Canberra. Sounds Uh, nearly um, as good as that. (laughs) (laughs) I I should have mentioned, actually, sorry to interrupt you, but but you and and Penny are both uh, generally writing for our motoring section as well. Yes. Hence the drive. And that's going to be a big aspect because you were driving in a very special car as well, which I'm sure you'll you'll talk a little bit about. Yes. um, I was driving the new Hyundai HEV Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. So it's previously just been available in a petrol and a diesel uh, powertrain. So the HEV is a new option now and um, one that uh, Hyundai hopes uh, will increase uptake uh, because uptake has mainly been diesel now and they're wanting to uh, go more into sort of the petrol or the electrified petrol options. So that was a very nice car. It was um, handled the drive quite well. It was quite a tough drive, tougher than you would normally do if you were driving from Sydney to Canberra because that's quite an easy 286-kilometre route, about three hours. Mm. You can divert through Barrel, which has Mm. got lots of nice antique shops and restaurants, maybe even spend the night there, go through Goulburn and then on to Canberra. Uh, We did about 450 kilometres um, and that was to put the car through its paces really. So we went uh, along the south coast, we stopped at Silo's Estate um, in at Berry for lunch, which was lovely. And if you're in a Tesla, it's got six fast superchargers um, for Teslas, oddly enough. That was a surprise. Mm. They're just all lined up. Um, and then we went on to Nara, Neriga, uh, Majors Creek, uh, Michelago, Michelago, uh, and Queen Bean to okay. uh, Belconan. So mm. that was about 450 kilometres. And that was um, – some of the roads were just um, aggregate. Mm. So lots of potholes, um, lots of roadworks, lots of hazards, lots of roadkill, uh, lots of kangaroos with joeys. Um, it was quite a challenging drive. So, so not necessarily the route you would choose no, normally. But, you, but would, you, you had a specific reason for doing this Well, to, this case. just to basically show that the car could handle exactly this right. sort of route yes. because it is an all-wheel drive, mm. uh, but it's not the route you would take. It was not an easy route. Mm. It's not the most interesting route. Mm. Um, a lot of it went through National Forest, and that was an eye-opener because 
of the bushfires in 2019-20 that mm. devastated, I think it's about five and a half million hectares. Mm. And so there was a lot of regrowth, but there were sections still that were just deathly grey. Um, and I'm not sure that they will ever regrow. They mm. may be burnt out mm. completely. Mm. And um, that was quite an eerie sight, wow. really. Okay. Um, but otherwise, yes, well worth doing this sort of drive because... Um, People think that, um, you know, Canberra is just about, you know, politicians and it's boring, but it's actually quite a cultural hub. Absolutely it is. As I've, I've been there many occasions to explore yes. those aspects of Canberra and it's fantastic. It is fantastic. You've got the, um, the National Portrait Gallery, mm -hmm. you've got the, um, the National Gallery of Australia, which um, has got blue poles, of course, mm -hmm. that um, Gough Whitlam infamously paid $1.3 million for back in, um, what was it, 19, oh, somewhere in the too, 1970s. Too far away. From it would have been a long time yes. back. Um, and scandalous at the time. Though, yeah. A scandalous mm. at the time mm. and now insured for um, much, much more. I'm not sure that the insured value actually reflects uh, what it would fetch mm. if it were to be uh, put on the open market. Uh, but yes, lots to see in Canberra, lots of small private galleries mm. as well. Uh, you've got the Canberra Glassworks, you've got Questacon, um, you've got, um, look, there's, there's a lot to see, even with children. Uh, lots of nice restaurants um, to eat at. Um, so quite well worth visiting and combining with a trip to Sydney. Uh, One-way car hire is probably, depending on what car you choose um, to hire, maybe you're looking somewhere in the range of maybe $280 for a Suzuki Swift, or if you want something like a Toyota Prado, you're looking at about $370, and this is through Budget um, Australia, mm. and that's, these are prices in December, and that's just for a one-way hire, although, of course, you'd hang on to the car probably um, to get around Canberra, and then you could even look at driving it back because... To the best of my knowledge, there is not a direct flight from Canberra to Perth, so I had to get uh, back on a flight uh, to Sydney mm. out of Canberra, mm. uh, one hour stop over and then um, get on a flight to Perth. Did you have much time at all in Sydney um, to have a bit of a I just had um, a few fleeting hours of daylight saving mm. when I arrived, which was um, enough to have a bit of a look around. I stayed in a very central location right next door to the State Theatre, mm. the QT uh, Sydney Hotel. Which is in the old Gowings uh, department oh, store. Oh, I've stayed in that. It's 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 a fantastic hotel, isn't it? It is. Mm. It, look, it's quite quirky. It's yes. very hip. A um, yes. little bit kooky because once you get <laughs> up to the rooms, there's a thing like hand out the front of each door with your room number. Um, so it. But the lovely thing about it is that you can actually open the windows and mm. get some fresh air in mm. because it's an old building. Yes. So I opened the windows and it was great because I don't like air conditioning. Mm. And I always, that's the first thing I do when I walk into a room is turn it off uh, because it's noisy and it's uncomfortable. Uh, but here I could open up the windows and for a central location, it was amazingly quiet. So from memory, you're right on George Street there. Yes, it's Market are, Street. Are, are they sort of done? So it's Market Street. So just off George Street. It's just uh, George Street is just yeah around the corner, yeah. and so just around the corner you've got the Queen Victoria building. Absolutely. So have they done with all those horrible roadworks when they were building the the light rail or whatever it was? I mean, yes, because it was awful for years. Mm -hmm. George Street was 
a mess. No roadworks. You've just got the tram going down mm, Market Street. Nice. Um, I don't recall any roadworks. Um, of course, I headed straight for the Queen Victoria building Indeed. because I wanted to see that. I wanted to see the clock, but nothing happened with the clock. It mm -hmm. was supposed to put on a little display. <laughs> uh, that didn't happen, so I'm not quite quite sure what was going on there and then I had a wander um, across to Darling Harbour yes, yes. and that's just lovely mm. and it would be lovely um, at the height of summer because there's so many restaurants there Absolutely. and of course um, you've got all your aquariums there and SeaWorld and everything mm. uh, so just a lovely spot to stay and um, yeah surprisingly quiet at the mm. QT Sydney mm. which mm. is not what you would expect from a mm. central hotel mm. no no. Absolutely not. So you you would recommend if anyone's heading to Sydney, they've got a bit of time in their hands, hire a car, nip up to Canberra. Yes, because there's plenty to see and do. Yes, mm. I would nip up to Canberra. I would go through Bowral yes. uh, because um, and maybe even spend the night there, depending on how much time you have and if budget permits. There's a lot of antique shops in Bowral. Uh, there are restaurants. Um, we didn't stop there. It's just off the highway, obviously. Mm. But yes, I would go nip, um, stop in Bowral, maybe stop at Goldburn. So maybe, um, you know, take more than a day uh, and then spend at least a day, maybe two days in Canberra. I would drive back um, unless you particularly want to catch a flight, but it's just easier to drive mm. back mm. Um, three hours. By the time you get a flight, you've, you're spending more time at getting exactly. to and from airports and waiting mm. and then get your flight back out of Sydney and uh, come home. Very nice. Yeah, so we can read all about this in this weekend's travel section, Saturday's You can indeed. Section. And you can read about the road trip in the motoring indeed. section. So we've got double the value this yes, weekend. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Depending on, the, on where your interests lie. And, exactly. And, and moments we can read all about your trip in this weekend's yep. travel section as well. Yep. However, Penny, we're going to have to wait a bit longer. Yeah, I've probably missed the boat this week. To read but about <laughs> in the coming Kangaroo weeks. Island, but yeah. that's something to look forward to. So guys, look, thank you so much for thank joining you. us in the Podwell Travel this week. Next week, Stephen Scarfield's back and he'll have lots to say about his Antarctica trip. I'm so sure in the meantime, he will. <laughs> yeah. Bye for now. Thanks. Thank you, Will.